Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. The information contained within the following podcast is for entertainment purposes only. All opinions, views, and statements are those of the panelists and not representative of any business, nonprofit, deity, or government organization. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Utah Outcast. We are a semi-weekly podcast focused on uncensored leftist and unabashedly atheist content. Uh, even though we're based in America's foremost theocracy uh, and a scant few miles from the Mormon Mecca, we promise to bring you news from across the globe. I'm your glorious host, X, and this is our current events and serious topic discussion show. So let's get to it, shall we? They took our job! They took our job! They took your job! They took our job! They took your job! They took your job! They took our job! They took your job! They took your job! Joining me for news you missed are none other than my co-hosts, Felicia Entwistle and Kyle Steenblick, and also joining us tonight is none other than the badass mistress of the written word in podcasting universe, Marissa McCool. Welcome! Are you guys all ready to climb back on top of the bad dragon dildo that is Donald Trump news for this week? Sorry, folks. I, I, I know you're tired of this guy. <laughs> Am too, I? Yeah. But he is I considerably did. blurring the line between church and state, and we must resist. He's blurring everything. <laughs> I had a dream that I flipped him off to his face. Did, did you guys see that? Has the protest happened already where they were going to moon Trump Tower? Did, did anybody know if that one's gone through yet? I feel like we would have heard um, about that one. <laughs> yeah, I think the news would have been blown up about that one. I think there, I know that there's like a series of protests that are designed to disrupt his life everywhere he goes. Yay! <laughs> That's pretty nice. <laughs> Democracy. Okay, so the first item that we have for you guys this week is a... What is it? What do you want to call him? An activist judge in Seattle. I guess that, that's what they were calling him under Obama. But he's a terrible he's judge. A terrible so judge. awful. Judge. Poor excuse for a judge. Uh, Even though he so was appointed cold. by GWB himself. Uh huh. So called yeah. judge. Oh yes. So called so judge. Call judge. This yeah, yeah. There we go. Does anybody yeah. else wake up in the? We're, we're going to get right back to it. But does anybody else wake up in the morning and do the whole Captain Picard status report? <laughs> when you, when you jump <laughs> what did he say? What do? What the fuck? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I've, I started doing that. It's the I've got a I've got a little section of of my Twitter now set up. Uh, it's what did he do? And I've got. All, all of the all of the the alternative and rogue yeah. staff. So Twitter, yeah. Twitter and, you know, I'm gonna take yeah. a break. <laughs> I don't need to know every little thing. <laughs> no, um, I'm, I'm I need to. <laughs> I, I need to like get away and stop being depressed because I've got a few projects that I'm starting to ramp up in, and I can. I know I'm doing good there. I don't need to know every atrocious thing that happens. Just need to focus on the things I can do to oppose him. So the, I don't know. the news that we do have <laughs> is a judge in Seattle, an activist judge, 
has halted Trump's immigration order nationwide. So in a yep. study, this comes from the Seattle Times. We've got a couple of people that live up that way, especially up in Everett. Hey, guys. Uh, in a studying rebuke, uh, a federal judge in Seattle has ordered a national halt to enforcement of President Trump's controversial travel ban on citizens from seven predominantly Muslim nations. U.S. District Judge James Robart ruled Friday uh, in favor of the Washington Attorney General Bob Ferguson, who sued this week to invalidate key provisions of Trump's executive order. And so, uh, let's see, uh, Bob Ferguson said, The Constitution prevailed today. No one is above the law, not even the president. And, of course, the, Damn the, right. the governor of Washington is extremely happy about it. He said this is a tremendous Good. victory. And so, uh, let's see, the governor says, We should feel heartened by today's victory and more resolute than ever that we are fighting on the right side of history. And I'm glad that mm-hmm. people are standing up in defiance and the fact that he, Trump cannot fire this this judge right. what yeah what trump yeah. said it, it, just you wait i'm gonna what, fire her so hard, that, for fire him so hard <laughs> the thing that killed me was that he said um something along the lines that and i'm gonna paraphrase here when a judge can undermine law enforcement <laughs> so that a country can't even keep itself safe Something is very wrong, something like that. And it's like, okay, buddy, let's establish a couple of things. Judges do just show branch, which guess what law enforcement falls under? Them. Judicial. Roger. No, I Roger. Judicial. The judicial branch. Law enforcement falls under them, motherfucker. The country didn't decide this. You did. Unilaterally. You. Executive yeah. ordering mm-hmm. is way across. You getting elected is not meaning you do everything you want now, motherfucker. <laughs> That's not how this works. That's not yeah. even how his company works. He's not been no, like, it's... <laughs> part of the... He's on the board, of course, but, you know, he doesn't probably actually take part in any of the fucking day-to-day. Oh, no, I'm sure they definitely give him, doesn't. Like, I'm sure they give him, like, coloring books, and they're like, hey, <laughs> tell us what we're businessing now. And he's like, I <laughs> want golden curtains and they're like they can be golden color and he's like no gold and they're like okay trumpy don't be <laughs> oh god i just imagine him like like Get- unicorn kitty i'm really offended by nothing. this implication that, that <laughs> i have coloring books i am not in a safe space in one of those liberal <laughs> places i just need a place where i am protected from everyone else's opinion and i can fire them if they disagree with me big difference <laughs> big difference. <laughs> you bunch of snowflakes <laughs> yeah are you triggered oh my god i'm so sick of the right, just walking over these words and people picking it up like it's a you thing. Know, like that word matters to me. <laughs> that word means something very real to me. Like uh, today, I got triggered and it like ruined most of my day. I blame 4chan. I blame 4chan for a lot of things these days. <laughs> you probably should. I mean, they, I mean yeah. even and then they act like they're <laughs> like, "Oh, you're just being sensitive." It's like, no, I literally had. Abused on, and now my brain is different. Well, speaking and of it, the, and it hurts. <laughs> speaking of these guys using triggered the wrong way, let's talk about how the uh, the Washington State Republican Party has reacted to this whole thing. Let's see. At a press conference on Monday, Susan Hutchinson, the chairman of the Washington State Republican Party, accused everyone. Ferguson, had- yeah, accusing oh. Ferguson of filing the lawsuit solely as a political ploy to further a possible future run for governor. 
He's a conservative judge. He's not. <laughs> that is the weirdest. Did they make a Rube Goldberg machine to come to that conclusion? <laughs> Did they do like in, in South Park where they cut the head off a chicken, then it like runs around and then where it <laughs> dies? Is no, that how they decided this judge was corrupt? No, the the right has the manatee a... ball grabbing sorting thing that does like the whole, you know, gives them the plot. <laughs> he made this they're... decision <laughs> as a political ploy to run for governor. Very smart, manatees. And that we blame. Is quite let's see. Let me grab this ball over here. George Soros. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> we blame. Oh, there's only one ball. It's Obama. I, I've asked him where I could send my. I've actually directed. Like, Messaged him on Twitter. I'm like, can where do I send my invoice, sir? <laughs> I want my protesting money. Apparently, that's what we're all getting for doing all this shit. Uh, let's see. She says, I think he uh -oh. knows that he's got a very he's got very thin ice that he's standing on legally. She said, Okay, no, okay, just, just that statement followed by this one. Hang on. She said, I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. No, no, hang on. But listen. He's on very thin ice standing on standing on it legally. I'm not a lawyer, but <laughs> I've talked to lawyers today and they've all said this is a very thin argument legally. Like but you're not a lawyer, so shh about the So law. you talk to <laughs> some lawyers that may and when you say lawyers, did you mean a guy that didn't finish law school who hangs Saul, out with you? Saul Goodman. <laughs> It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. No, no, no. She meant Andrew Torres, and she took legal Ooh. advice from a podcast. Yes. <laughs> I love Andrew. I Which you should him. absolutely do, by the way. Yes, listen. We should listen to we have, Also, you should punch Nazis. We, we've got the best advice. <laughs> That's coming up, um, uh, up on the patron show. We're going to talk about oh, Nazi punching. Okay. I didn't get to talk to you all right, all right. last week. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Robart, who was nominated for the federal bench by the Republican uh, president GWB in 2003, disagreed. He ruled that despite respect for the limits of judicial power, we must intervene to fulfill the judiciary's duty to uphold the Constitution. Or federal as it used to be called, yeah. doing your job. Yeah. <laughs> federal courts if I remember have... correctly, hold on, I just want to okay. clarify something. The judge has not actually made a ruling. He hasn't said this is unconstitutional. He said it. he fears it would be unconstitutional, and therefore because we ha don't have we don't have a case on this. We haven't there. There's it's not been evaluated properly. The only proper recourse is to put a pause on it uh, to, right, to, right, to say yeah. an injunction. Right. Yeah. Did I right, understand we, that correctly? Until we actually have real laws written about what Trump is trying to do, you know, <laughs> until they go through the proper steps of vetting this fucking thing through the State Department and all of the other branches of the government and you know the bureaucracy that is supposed to you know work when you have executive orders. <laughs> yeah. But no, Something. he didn't do any of that. He's just like, nope, I want all them dark-skinned people not to come in from these seven countries. Fuck the other ones, yeah. you know, the ones that actually sponsor not terror, the but no. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, 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 awesome, the, awesome, the awesome part is he actually managed to, they actually managed to go through and revoke all these visas after the order was, was uh, signed. Like 60,000, right? Without a secretary of state. <laughs> they didn't have a staffed state department to actually do that. <laughs> Man, and I read a, a, a news item, and we're going to finish this one up in a sec. But I read a news item just before we jumped on here from uh, it was on Reddit from the, I think it was the New York Post that said that Steve Bannon had to be reminded the other day that he's not president. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Where, like, something was something was happening along the lines of uh, uh, President Trump needed to uh, push out a a signing statement to somebody else for something, 
and the the Bannon told the secretary, he's like, I want you to sign this for the for the for the president. And he's like, I'm sorry. I only serve at the at what the president asks me to do. So it went like three days without being done. And so that was a lot of the chaos when they sent out this ban. Is that Yeah. It wasn't signed by the right people at the at the right time to get all the shit done. So anyway, uh, back to the news item here. Attorneys for the Trump administration said that Washington state lacked standing to bring the challenge and that the president has properly ex- exercised his broad border security powers to protect Americans. Except for no, none of that at all. Yeah, yeah refugees none of that. Don't states do. do have standing. Yeah, and the, re- the refugees, you're, you're not likely to be killed by them. <laughs> what, what did they say? You're more likely to be killed by a toddler and a cow? Then you are more likely to be killed by a yeah. refugee in this country. You what know about a what toddler would really cow? Protect oh, but they're so cute. <laughs> they're amazing. <laughs> their tongues, if you like, they're so long, and then they like wrap around your arm, and you're like, ah, it's kind of gross and cute all at once. Did you guys ever look at the the the? Remember how when you used to buy CDs, you'd be able to lift up that jewel case part, and sometimes there'd be that extra little bit of art that's hidden inside of it. Remember the Tool uh-huh. Toe album where if you look, oh, yeah. there was a cow licking its own asshole. It oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, I was gonna I say I actually know I actually know a policy that would make Americans a lot safer, save a lot more lives every year. Uh, <laughs> banning dogs. <laughs> now I love dogs. But if he really wants to put Americans first, ban dogs. Mm-hmm. Oh man, oh, they kill yeah. way more people up here. Tone deaf. Just <laughs> this mid- whole administration is just tone deaf on everything. Oh, we're gonna do this America first thing. Like you do realize that was a white nationalist group, right? You know that that <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> uh, um, let's see. So, real quick, uh, one of the things that I saw that just just drove me insane. Uh, it was on Williams' newsfeed, and it was one of his conservative family members. And they they post a meme that was like, "Don't you understand? He wasn't trying to offend anyone. He was just trying to put America first. It's like, <laughs> oh, now I'm offended. Okay, you see what he did? Not offensive. It was disgusting. You saying that? Now I'm offended. <laughs> so every I love all the I love all the. This is, uh, let's, let's see, this came from the uh, an administration brief submitted by Chad Breedler, uh, acting assistant U.S. Attorney General because he fired the other one for having done her job. Uh, mm-hmm. Another Justice Department lawyer says that every president over the last 30 years has invoked this authority to suspend or impose restrictions on the entry of certain aliens or classes of aliens, in some instances, including classifications based on nationality. No. 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 You're talking about bringing in refugees and stuff like that. We're talking about green card holders, people with visas that are just traveling home to visit somebody right. a little bit, trying to get back into the country. And you're like, "Hey, wait a minute! You're, hey, no darkies <laughs> allowed." And it's just like, "Yes, come on." And and yes, other administrations have said, "Yeah, we're kind of having a problem with this country. Um, let's go ahead and do some extra checks." Yeah. On people traveling from that country. Uh, that's pretty much the extent of it. Have y'all ever wonder what it's like to be a redneck with empathy? Have you never heard of a southerner who isn't a blathering bigot? Well, have I got the show for you. It's the Podunk Polymath Podcast, hosted by myself, Chris, and it's the sentiments of a secular, sarcastic, screwed-up southern SJW and skeptic. You can find me and the show on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, or your favorite podcatcher. Y'all stop on by and take it easy now, okay? 
coming from the Salt Lake Trib, we have the the fact that everybody, pretty much everybody, I could say I could say that with a lot of confidence that almost everybody in the state supports the Bears Ears <laughs> National Monument. However, the Utah legislature, even though there were two packed conference rooms about this shit, decided that they're going to send a a letter to President Trump to ask for him to. Uh, what are they trying to say? What, what's the word? They say it's rescission. So they're, yeah. they're asking President Trump to rescind the the order that President Barack, Barack Obama put out because he he made a proclamation designing uh, Bears Ears National Monument to be setting aside 1.3 million acres of public public land in San Juan County, which is southeastern Utah, which is a whole lot of nothing. I mean, it's beautiful. Tourism's their main industry. But Tourism is yeah. their main industry. But mm-hmm. there's, there's a whole lot of nothing out there. So the the lawmakers are now using uh, Obama's expansive and broad view of the region's values to challenge the legitimacy of his use of the Antiquities Act to designate the monument. And he did act in the behest of uh, five different tribes that, that hold the land yeah. sacred. You know, but yes. since when do we care about you know what what you know natives care about the about places because you know, the, the North Dakota pipeline and all that fun shit that's going on. That <laughs> Obama put a pause on that, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, th- I saw a really interesting thing coming out locally from a lot of Mormons where they were talking about how if uh, if people wanted to run a pipeline through the temple here or if they wanted to run it through uh, the Garden of Eden in Missouri, <laughs> where... <laughs> yeah, I, fucking, I still love that. <laughs> Uh, would you be upset about it? And everybody's like, yeah, I'd be upset about it. It's not the same thing. Be like, the land it, is sacred. <laughs> Do it, you not but get it? it guess what? I can give two fucks about sacred. No, I don't care. I mean, but yeah. the thing is, if you're going to pretend to be like having having exemptions for people that have religion, realize that there are other people that have different religious beliefs than you know, right. just being Christian and we like this building. you know. But the thing is that, yes, the land is sacred to them. Yes, it matters to them. But the reality is that they're... Many are out there fighting for the fact that should there be a major spill, which could happen, has is, happened. They has happened. They they moved the pipeline from another area because above a city above the capital because they were like, well, it could damage their water supply. So they moved it above <laughs> the Indian reservation. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then but- the natives even came out and said, we're not just fighting for ourselves. We're fighting for all the kids who live downstream. And the their excuse to that is, yeah, but my oils. I need my oil. <laughs> I need my energy. But it, I need my money. But gas, my prices, money? gas prices would go down like yeah. 10 cents so Greg in Hughes, those areas. Greg Hughes, maybe re- Republican of Draper, uh, this past Wednesday <laughs> as we recorded this, pitched HCR 11 to the State Natural Resources Agricultural an environmental quality standing committee, which passed the measure. Okay, so at least 300 people, most of them supporters, packed two Senate hearing rooms here locally. And those rooms are fucking big to voice their opposition yeah, to the, the resolution calling for Donald Trump to rescind the designation. Mm-hmm. Uh, supporters like Vance Rollins and everybody else, they were they were saying that this this land can't happen anywhere else. This isn't anywhere like anywhere else in the United States. Right. Because he, he took the microphone and he, to fill his 75 seconds that he had for public speaking because they allowed that finally. He told the panel of out-of-state visitors he takes he takes all of the out-of-state visitors to visit those places west of Blanding and he says, they were jealous of what we had. I want to see that type of thing preserved. There is nothing wrong with trying to preserve starry skies. Trying to see some stars on the way home tonight. 
and it was kind of a not so subtle jab at the the fact that we are living in a one of the worst inversions right now. Oh and god, so, yeah. And so everybody that was there, Marissa, the- Marissa, question. Yeah. Yes. You ever been to L.A.? Uh, no, I have not. <laughs> have you ever been to New York City? Yes, I have. Yes. Have you ever been to Las Vegas? No. <laughs> no? Okay. So you know when New York gets pretty hazy because of the pollution and you're like, damn, guys, like, tone it down a notch. I yeah. feel like I'm chewing the air. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I yeah, go to school in Philadelphia, so I've, I've oh, seen yeah, it okay. pretty good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We're way worse than that. We, we, we have oh, yeah. the worst air in the world some days. Yeah, but worse than Beijing during like the Olympics, yeah. like prior to the Olympics and everything that they have there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's chewable. Uh-huh. It's bad. We actually have people walking around with masks because it's that bad. Mm-hmm. One of the, uh-huh. the like the only other city in the United States that gets worse than us is Bakersville, California. So Baker. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Nasty. <laughs> so anyway, the they he made this jab about the air pollution and everything and Everybody in the audience was applauding and cheering, but that caused Senator Margaret Dayton of Orem, another Republican, to cut off public comments. So even though more people wow. were to speak, so just so they passed the bill earlier in the week without giving the public a chance to weigh in. And the let's see, James uh, Atakai, the president of the Navajos, uh, I'm going to totally butcher this, Ohio chapter, had given a letter to Dayton's committee saying. To ramrod the resolution in such a matter is unacceptable and unprecedented because it does not guarantee the constitutional rights and equal protection for the, of the law for all people. So the no no board- no 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 there there there's a hierarchy of people in the United States. It goes white people, Asians, running pretty close to that to white people, but not quite, you know. Um, and then Mexicans, pretty low. And and I, when I say Mexicans, I mean anyone who looks Latino. Um. <laughs> because <laughs> you know they're all mexicans and then <laughs> damn it black people then black people and then under that are the not humans but they're animals the natives you know they like to be close to na- nature mm-hmm. that's why we gave them reservations <clears throat> we gave them reservations <laughs> so luckily there was only there was a five to two vote, so we do have two people that voted against it. One Democrat and the only Republican, uh, Brian Shiazawa from Cottonwood Heights. So it's he, he said that his constituents favor the monument. It is possible to come to a compromise so it is not an all-or-nothing issue, he said, without designating an area that is fair to the Native Americans, but also that reduces the size so it has less impact on the people of San Juan County. So they... There, a lot of people are trying to say, look, we want to have this monument here, but we don't want it to take up 1.3 million acres. Well, yeah, but that's kind of bullshit, too, because the... No, that's the Antiquities Act, but, but uh, Congressman Bishop also had his plan um, to, 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 de- to de- designate a state, to uh, designate a, that area for the state but his designation was larger yeah. than what was designated by the, they, by they the president. Have, they've also got a bill going through right now where they're trying to defund, uh, what is it, the National Park Service, so that any mm-hmm. police action that needs to be done on these places will have to be done by local sheriffs and police officers. <laughs> yeah, that'll work what? well. That's not work, man. <laughs> so if you want to murder somebody, that's a good place to do it, is in a national park in Utah here pretty soon. Well, there is, there is, a, little, uh, there is a little strip of Yellowstone National Park Oh, where yeah. It is. yeah, yeah, oh, that's a beautiful thing. 
So uh, this guy named by the has the last name of Adams. He's a Monticello rancher and retired teacher. Says the people living in Utah's poorest county are feeling threatened with their livelihoods. We don't feel that it was vetted properly. There was a responsibility of the Obama administration to consult those who have <coughs> private property rights in the monument, water rights, and grazing rights. They didn't check with me before doing something. Like it's not. Well, but it was not your land to begin with. If it was your private what about land, the you five would still have tribes. It. <laughs> right. They yeah, can what about still, the five I mean, tribes? You can still yeah. get a lease through BLM to do these things. You know, yeah, you can still you can still get a lease for grazing rights. As long as you pay, you know, as long as you actually pay, you can do that. You guys want to see some uh, one of the best advocacy films for public lands that I've seen. Um, Unbranded. It's on Netflix. Yeah, and it's the good one. It's so good. It it's five mm-hmm. white guys. They are, <laughs> and oh. they're cowboys. Uh, and they ride. Of a pro-monument nonprofit group here in Utah uh, says this was a tribal request. The opposition is coming from one community. This is the first time we have a voice in politics. The proclamation recognizes the traditional knowledge is essential to land management. Here are voices south of the county. We exist out there in Monument Valley and Mexican Water, which are two areas out there. So they're trying to say, look, you guys might want to sell this shit to private holders and everything, but we as a tribe exist out here. You you can't just go ahead and say. <coughs> We're going to take this away from you, even though you finally listened to us and did what we asked. So it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Really, and really, the the big fight, the big fight from from the state is that they want to they want to give the green light and okay for oil exploration. Yeah. That's really what they want to do. Is yeah, they want to lease the that. land? <laughs> yeah. All right. They and they and they make the claim that it's going to make more money for the schools is the thing that they keep saying the but the thing is that they're not they're not raising corporate tax rate and they're not they don't yeah. put it to the schools they put it in the general fund and never gets fucking spent on schools exactly abortions for all very well no abortions for anyone abortions for some miniature american flags for others this one comes from the independent, which is also parsed it from other sources out there, but it's from about my old stomping grounds in Arkansas. And I'm sure some of you already know the, 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 the hill that we're about to go down here of fuckery. Uh, Arkansas passes a law allowing rapists to sue victims who want an abortion. Fuck! Sorry. Get one in. <laughs> a pregnant woman. As long husband, as it's her husband. Oh, yeah. A pregnant or parents, a pregnant woman's husband will have the power to stop her from having an abortion, even in the cases of spousal rape under a new law introduced in the state of Arkansas. Fuck. Uh, let's see. Most second trimester <gasps> abortions will also be banned by Act 45. And the title of this act is just dripping with fucking melodrama. It, it is the it is the most dramatic fucking. Oh, it's the worst. It's horrible. The it's unborn, the most disgusting thing. It's just the unborn child protection from dismemberment abortion act. Yeah, they were going to oh, name it shooting God. babies in their innocent little cubby holes, but that was just who on the nose. The whole, <laughs> why don't we call it the whole first we dilate the cervix, then we pull babies out chunk by chunk law, you know. <laughs> yeah, we don't pull them out whole. It's by each limb. No, 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 no. X. <laughs> X 
They're not acknowledging the cervix. Come on, that's ooey. No, no, of course not. Because that <laughs> the cervix. actually mean they would know what women's that anatomy is like. Just like the one doctor. I think it was from the same state that was like, well, how come they, they can't just take, like, they couldn't swallow, like, the pill camera thing to get an abortion kind of stuff? Where they were talking about that, and they're like, uh, you do realize that those portions are not connected, right? <laughs> They don't. <laughs> it's just like when you, when you guys, uh, I'm not trying to go off on too much of a segue, but there was a, uh, a portion of Orange is the New Black where, uh, what, what's her name? Uh, Le- Jasty. What's uh, Cox? What was it? Laverne Cox was saying that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Was educating the ladies in the prison about how, no, you have mm-hmm. three holes down here, not just two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. She's like, yeah. uh, they were like, are you real? Are you serious? She's like, I should know what the fuck I'm talking about. I designed my own. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, I actually did not know that until I was a grown ass adult. Oh, that's too bad. But that, that's they did like- not cover that. They did not cover that in any of my health classes that the urethra is just right. under the clitoris because they <laughs> did not discuss the clitoris. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't exist. Because <laughs> the books were entirely separate. I didn't know. That's the key to solving okay, Lyme well, disease, according to you. <laughs> Real quick, did you know that the entire structure of the clitoris was discovered back in the 1700s? And the doctor who found it was like, look at this amazing thing I found. It's this entire sexual organ for women. And all of his colleagues were like, oh, no, we don't. No, we're not talking. We don't no, talk they, about that. They we just looked at it and went. He's like, "Why the fuck not?" Are you talking about that like, for? No, <laughs> what about my penis? <laughs> I'll be all sure. those other exactly. doctors went. And then, bullshit. That's an octopus. <laughs> I know an octopus when I see one. I'll be sure to mention this to Eli tomorrow night because I'll <laughs> I'll see him. Yay! So uh, he'll be thrilled to know that it's an actual thing. <laughs> it, you it is. Lie. You lie. <laughs> the ever lose it. neat things in there. It's like it does all sorts of neat things. Oh God! I it feel is, like we need David David Attenborough to, to narrate sex ed films. <laughs> that would be fantastic. And here we see the elusive clitoris. No, I I I've always liked the uh, the portion of uh, Monty Python's Meaning of Life where they do the sex lessons at the board. Oh school. yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't just jump straight to rubbing the clitoris. We do kissing. <laughs> What's wrong with the simple kiss? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this pro life okay, law. Sorry. <laughs> this pro life law. There's a thing. Go ahead. When we do. Hold on. When we really don't want to talk about something, we diverge into things that are far, yeah. far more fun to talk about. Like, God, are like, we don't, we don't want to talk about. Let's talk about clitorises. Clitorises are neat. Aren't they neat? They're, like, they're, neat. they're, they're really awesome. neat. They've got a little thing. And I yeah. hope you don't do it that way. God damn. You're poor. Why? <laughs> You're like jabbing it like it's a speed bag. Small circles. Lube it up first. <laughs> no, you have to move more gently. <laughs> okay, uh, moving on. This pro. Glad you know what I have to look forward to after I get the surgery in a couple months, guys. Thank you so much. Oh. There are there are I'm men just, who know what they're doing. They're out there. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm glad that you still have insurance, Riz. I'm just glad. Yeah, um, I I had a consultation with my doctor. It's like, when do you run out of insurance? July 31st. Let's get as much shit done as we possibly can, because fuck Trump. My <laughs> doctor said that. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. 
So let's the, take care of you. Take care six, of you, bitch. Let's sixth time back to this pro-life law, which was pushed through in just two months by the state's Republican government, which is unfair to refer. I mean, it's like people referring to Utah as a mostly Republican place. Yes, Arkansas is very conservative like we are here in Utah. But the thing is, they've also got a great counterculture just like we do. Any place where you have a high concentration of Republican fuckery like this going on, you've also got a lot of atheists in the background. So they've got a great free thinkers group out there. Uh, That's not something you hear very often. Arkansas counterculture. Oh, no, it's there. I, I've still got family <laughs> there, and they, oh, no. they remind me every once in a while. Rebel Rock is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. This prohibits all D&E procedures, which is dilation and evacuation for you plebes out there, uh, in which the physician removes the foetus, because this came from a British website. It's foetus. <laughs> Sorry, fetus from the womb with surgical tools. But the medical procedure will now become a felony in the state, punishable by a $10,000 fine or six years in prison. Motherfucker. is going to just run amok of you know, the, the Supreme Court immediately because you can't do that. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's going to be stopped almost immediately. Yeah. They can't do that. A clause in the legislation also states that the husband of a woman seeking an abortion, if he is presumed to be the baby's father, presumed, doesn't have to be... <laughs> We know that this is the father presumed can file a civil lawsuit against the physician for monetary damages or injunctive relief. So we're not going to monetary damages. Yeah, you done took away my tax credit. You you done killed my tax credit. That's the only reason to have kids, right? Oh, from having three, that you don't get that back. <laughs> you spend a lot more than that every fucking year. <laughs> I have two. I understand exactly. You know exactly what I'm going through here, man. So, yeah. gee, thank you for the hundred dollar tax credit. That's really useful. That's really useful for me buying one outfit. You know, it's like twenty happy meals. It's great. It's gonna be great. <laughs> it's the most huge. Form, it's the it's the best happy meal you could possibly get. I love McDonald's. <laughs> Not gonna believe it. I eat it with a knife and fork. Fuck you. I'm making angry faces. I'm not making angry faces at you guys. I'm, <laughs> I'm offended, Felicia. I thought they were at me. <laughs> this, is a, this is a safe space. God damn it. A clause in the legislature. I already said this part. So it's not. It is not. He keeps talking about this shit. The, the women going, the and I have to acknowledge that it's real. If this, if the, if the, um, if the woman is a minor, her parents or legal guardians can also sue to stop the abortion. What this the hell bad. does my ah! with this? I mean, oh shit! Uh, <laughs> did kidding. you guys know? Did you guys know that before? I think on average, the age twenty-two, the risk of death. From childbirth goes up significantly, and fuck anyone who's sitting there like, no, people used to get married when they were 14 back in the day. No, the nobility used to get married when they were 14, and they often didn't consummate for years. The reason they got married is because it was political, because they didn't have a social safety net. She has huge tracts of land. (laughs) Tracts of land. (laughs) The average marrying age for most of history is 22. It's fucking 22 because that's when we're actually adult enough to handle human human yeah. women are old enough to handle carrying that in their bodies and being able to birth it through their hips like after seriously <laughs> it's it's not even a, no, <laughs> and, and it's like they're like if she's a minor we parents are allowed to put her life at risk 
to carry a baby because that's all she's fucking for. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Felicia. Oh, I can go on. <laughs> no, I, I find it hilarious. Like if I think that regular childbirth is just as fucking horrible to a woman's body as a chest burster coming out of John Hurt. I mean, it's that uh, <laughs> Almost, almost. I'm really not certain I want to take on the risk. Okay, because <laughs> I, we're talking I don't about this, I you. want to start going over some of the, the risks that I have been learning about lately. So, um, splitting the abdominal muscles. Mm-hmm. Uh, a complete split of the abdominal muscles, which, by the mm-hmm. way, cannot be repaired without plastic, uh, without plastic surgery. But mm-hmm. it's not usually covered by insurance companies because they claim it's not a mm-hmm. necessary surgery. They call it an elective surgery, <laughs> even though yeah. because your abdominal muscles have split, you cannot stand upright. You cannot support your core. It can cause serious injury to your hips, lower back upper back and shoulders because you don't have abdominal muscles are we right, also having on. sex permanent, bitch <laughs> that's where you give permanent <laughs> nerve damage it can mm-hmm. permanently damage your sexual organs it can compl- mm-hmm. it can permanently remove or change the way you experience sex some women experience some women only experience pain during sex after childbirth Let's move on. 60 to 80% of women, they're not sure on the statistic because it's not properly measured, have to be cut from their V to their A. Yes, from their vagina to their Ah, anus because I'm not letting you speak with you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, 60 to 80% have to have that happen. That does not, these risks do not, that's just the, that's just some of the risks. Uh, Blindness, death, Death. uh, that's fucking brutal. uh, That's deafness. I you can lose your bringing life into the world. That's exactly, fucking it's fucking metal. It's fucking metal as shit. Deafness. You can lose your fucking hearing from that carrying would, babies. That would be fucking terrible. Like you're like pushing. You're like ah uh, ah, uh, and then like all of a sudden it just goes quiet, and you're like, it's Get not the from fuck pushing. Out man. of here. <laughs> it's yeah, not from the pushing. And if you're going to start doing voices, I'm going to start doing voices. Oh, Just love, warning. Oh, I do voices. I, I love doing voices. <laughs> yeah, I, I could do other skeptic podcasters. Fair warning. Yay! Uh, let, yes. me, let me get back to the story because you're not going to fucking believe who the state representative who co-sponsored the bill, what this person's name was. Andy Mayberry. Uh <laughs> Is is this person hey. a sheriff, you know, of that town? Andy. <laughs> now Andy. <laughs> Andy. They co- oh. co-sponsored oh, the bill. Oh, call- problem, Andy. Did you leave your gun at home, Barney, please? <laughs> they called oh. D&E a gruesome and barbaric procedure. It's not happening to a human being. It's happening to a lump. It's happening to a lima bean-sized lump of, you know... It's a potential human being shit, yeah. that has no feeling yet. Yeah, yeah it's a it baby. Is, oh it is man, just they, <laughs> I I saw the I've argu- held babies. Felicia, I've I saw held the creamy babies. I saw the argument that you it's got into baby. on somebody's wall. I'll leave them nameless, but about how they were talking about if the heartbeat starts beating at certain amounts of time, that that person's alive. It's like no, that just means an autonomous organ is pumping the way it's supposed to be. Hearts don't mean exactly. life. You fucking idiot. Uh, what you can take a dead heart and make a beat. Be like, uh, yeah, if they have cognition. When do they get cognition? Uh, not for a long time. <laughs> the the biggest argument Even I saw this birth. week. <laughs> the biggest yeah. argument yeah. I saw this have week was a newborn. 
Anyway, go ahead, Felicia. Uh, yeah, the biggest argument I saw this week was I care about life and I think life matters. And I said, what about women's lives? Nope. <laughs> because here's the reality. Here's the very fucking real reality. In countries where abortion is illegal, they don't have less abortion. They have just as much. What they do have more of is women dying. They have more women dying in childbirth, and they have more women dying from botched abortions. And it's horrific. So if you really gave a fuck about the value of life, you would weigh the less loss of life, legal abortion, over the more loss of life. Women dying because they don't have access to legal abortion. That's the real fucking reality. If abortion mm-hmm. is legal, women die. Yep. And a lot um, of women die. Felicia, I'd like to add on to your point a little bit. And do. you know, it's not about life as much as it is about this particular sect of a religion believing that sex deserves to be punished because yeah. they treat pregnancy. You as a punishment for having sex so therefore of course of course but they when they treat it that way they also consider the pregnancy and the responsibilities that come with it a punishment for being a harlot so (laughs) you know you're stuck with 18 years of taking care of a baby because you shouldn't have been such a whore but at the same time they say they love babies how do you sit there and say that this is a punishment for the worst thing you could possibly ever do and then turn around and go it's the most precious gift of all time it doesn't work both ways god damn it it doesn't it doesn't and to add on but, top but of the that men, but the men who want to have sex with those women the men who want to have sex with those women are not punished no because they are just not men. punished it's just you know yeah, they, boys we can't boys, help it yeah, boys yeah with the you know you know, the women for procreation, are... boys for men for pleasure. You know, <laughs> the boys are yeah. gonna be boys. What can, what can you do? What can you Look, do? I got the sex bruises <laughs> to prove I'm as horny as any man. Uh, That's okay. not I'm, I'm, possible. I'm, no. Uh, let's, let, let's skip the rest of this story and talk more about that. Go on. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, because all I've got is someone. Can saying, you describe I, your bruises? Because the only thing I have for this one is uh, a co-founder of a abortion support network saying, "I don't know how this bill has become law." I mean, that's pretty much the rest of it here because. There is zero part of me that understands why a rapist or someone who got someone pregnant against their will, maybe incest, would have. It's only been since the nineteen nineties. I can't. It's only been since the nineteen nineties that that men that a husband can rape his wife. I cannot. It's it's very recent. I can't wrap my brain around the fact that there would be anyone who thinks otherwise. So it's. um, you remember the 2012 election where they mm-hmm. said that, gee, you should look at rape as an act of God, and even though it's terrible, it was meant to happen if it produces a baby? That's their insight. It's, hey, uh, everything is predetermined, so that baby was meant to exist, therefore, net good, oh, I, I guess. <laughs> boy, I, I love getting in the philosophical argument with, with hard Christians about stuff. I'm like... Oh, so you believe that everything has a purpose and everything has a plan. God has a plan and it's going to be working. So essentially you're a hard determinist with extra steps, you know, 
Yeah. So you're trying to tell me that this <laughs> clockwork universe that we live in was put into motion by a supreme being. How about it just is it it just is. Let's just go with that one. You know, and they go like Well those are those are I'm like, those are why really are fun. You fucking praying. Why are you praying yeah. if it's all according to his plan? You know, it's like Well yeah, those are really good because then you can say why are they trying to or why are they even advocating for passing laws like this? You might have to repeat that because you robo voiced fucking hard on that. <laughs> it was pretty bad. It was no, pretty that bad. was just me. That was just me stuttering. So, uh, yeah, you've had a lot to drink tonight, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Not that, really that much. That was the know. god we're talking about <laughs> interfering it's with interfering. you spewing. <laughs> yeah. So you you can you can then ask them uh, why are you advocating or trying to pass laws like this? Why are you trying to restrict actions or behaviors if everything is predetermined? Because the real goal by an omnipotent creator. Why are you interfering with his plan? Yep. The real goal is to control women and their Mm -hmm. bodies. It is to own them as possessions. Mm -hmm. Because they and if a man, if her husband or her parents can make decisions about her health for her, then they own her, and Mm -hmm. they can do whatever they want with her. Yeah, she is theirs to trade. <laughs> I'm still stuck on sex bruises. Can we get back Can to the back sex, sex bruises? bruises? <laughs> <laughs> they're in the sh- they're in the shape of the end of the writing crop. Ooh. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. So that's what Fifty Shades oh, no. Darker means. Everyone froze. Okay, so we can't finish out the news for this week without giving you guys a little bit of a fluff piece because we have been absolutely fucking hardcore serious this whole time. So the, the last sex item, bruises. yeah, the, yeah, the <laughs> sex bruises. The, the last one that we have for you guys is from the Friendly Atheist blog at Patheos, and it's um Ken Ham's back at it with us because you might remember back in December, I think it was, we were talking about how Ken Ham was using the rainbow lights on the Ark. To make it look like look like a rainbow was shining on it because and also he got the order completely wrong with the colors and uh, we take it back. Yeah, exactly. That's what he said. So uh we actually take it back. We actually have Ken Ham or actually no, we have Ray Comfort joining us to talk about this real quick. <laughs> He's got some quotes for us here. All right. So you see this right here? This here is the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it says the rainbow. It represents the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on earth, right? That's Genesis 9.16. says, Ray Comfort just whipped your ass. The rainbow sends as a poignant <laughs> reminder yeah, that the governor, the, I mean the God, yeah, yeah, they're the same thing, you see, because God appoints governors, and he keeps his promises despite the wickedness in the world. God has not sent Spider-Man or another global flood to destroy all flesh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Destroy all flesh. (laughs) (sighs) And okay. (laughs) I love you, Eli. That wasn't really right. To do do... listeners know. (laughs) Just like (laughs) Okay. Just from that quote right there. Just from that stupid quote. That was our lovely Marissa. Thank you, Marissa. That stupid quote there where he says all flesh is on is on the earth, and God has not sent another global flood to destroy all flesh. He commanded a guy 
to make a boat so that all flesh would not be destroyed. So God failed at his own fucking mission to destroy all flesh (laughs) to begin with. Because he's like... Except for 99.999% of all flesh at the time. I just yeah, love how you could just you could go to these guys and just go to like a an exposed rock wall somewhere that goes millions of years in the past and be like, yeah, you see this one line right here, all of that color right there, that's iridium. Do you know what that's from? <laughs> that's from an asteroid hitting the Earth. You fucking idiot! <laughs> no, yeah, that because of the flood. <laughs> no, oh, it was the flood. <laughs> also, it was um. Yeah, Destroy All Flesh is going to be the name of my new prog rock album oh, under ooh. my new band, Sex, Bruises, and Riding Crops. Just saying. It's yeah, going to be awesome. Yes! Oh my god, I love everything about that. I'm going to listen to it every day. In the, the patron section that you guys are not privy to listening to this right now, uh, Kyle mentioned doing his hair a certain color, and he said it looked like a muddy plum. I was going to like comment that saying, <laughs> that was my male stripper name back in, back in college, you know? It's just like... <laughs> Muddy Plum. <laughs> Welcome to the stage, Muddy Plum. <laughs> Muddy Plum. That's a good name for a band. Even better than Mystic Spiral. <laughs> and so him and it says here, right. So the rainbow was a reminder from God that he hasn't slaughtered all of us yet. Delightful. <laughs> well, it's coming. It's coming. And he said people it's pointed coming. out that it wasn't even a good rainbow because the colors repeated themselves and they didn't go in the right order. And so a lot of this is the reprint from, from the December article that we have here. So the funny thing is, is we brought this up and (laughs) Ken Ham liked it so much. And the response that he got from it, that is now going to be a permanent fixture at the attraction of the Ark park. Because of course it is. Oh my God. (laughs) I don't know how rainbows work. Let's keep it. Cause God. Because God says rainbows, you know, yeah, light refracting off of water <laughs> in the atmosphere. <laughs> Can we get Ween to show up and just play the homo rainbow on repeat until he, you know, leaves Earth? <laughs> Can I have them play the entire The Pod album? Just the <laughs> that works too oh, and man. by the way i just want to commend you for being the first person who ever got a ween joke that Yay! i made so there you <laughs> wait <laughs> there, hang on there are people who did get them, don't get ween jokes I, just... I live in pennsylvania god damn it <laughs> i fucking love that's ween. right <laughs> i forget the fact that they made an appearance in the it's pat the movie yes don't judge me i watched that fucking movie it was an amazing flip. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I would I would think it would be almost poignant for nowadays, but except for the fact that it's rampant fucking transphobia, it's just terrible. Now that I think about it, I'm like, oh god, oh what were we doing in the nineties? What the fuck? That, that's kind of how I feel when I watch Ace Ventura. Oh like, no! Oh, no. Yeah. The the whole twist of that movie is like. Oh, that's not oh. cool. <laughs> that, that was that's, funny. Yeah, it's really uncomfortable. No. Deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> okay, so the one I've been struggling with lately <laughs> is Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. It's oh, Patrick that movie is fantastic. I There's love that movie. That movie. But Marissa, uh, uh, Marissa, are you familiar with this movie? Vaguely. <laughs> okay, so Patrick Swayze, um, John Leguizamo, and Wesley Snipes are all drag queens but they drag queens as we all know is a performing art it is not a day-to-day lifestyle 
Uh, but they dress as women in their day to day. But and they identify as women. And at the end of the movie, though the uh, the the main woman from the small town who is saved from an abusive marriage by uh, Patrick Swayze says, "I don't think of you as a man, and I don't think of you as a woman. I think of you as an angel." Uh, and she goes that, <laughs> and and Patrick Swayze says that works for me. Oh, and we verify that Patrick Swayze has a penis because the cop sexually assaults her on the side of the road, and she says, "Get your hand off my dick, Barney." And it's like this really like empowering moment where it's like, where you're like, yeah, don't you fucking do that. And like, <laughs> like, but at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, I feel like we're muddying issues here. <laughs> that movie didn't want to know what it wanted to say. You know, it's just like, yeah. 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 What, the, exactly. what Kyle, help me remember here. What was the Roland Emmerich movie <laughs> about the Stonewall? Uh, was it just Stonewall? Sto- was, it was Stonewall, Stonewall, right? Yeah. And yeah. how they completely whitewashed the yeah that was that one was completely tone deaf and pretty much just they, piece they of all, shit. yeah it, they it, also cis washed it the yes they did yeah they exactly did. I meant to yeah they did cis wash it they absolutely uh, did because a very very important trans woman led the fucking the, the whole Stonewall riot thing uh, through the first stone uh, I guess to say yeah. Yeah, and, and so like, I so I assume when like, someone does the adaptation of my book, it's going to be played by a cis woman with purple hair. So <laughs> just line it up to see who it's going to be. Ready? Cis well, you but you might want to might want to start. <laughs> yeah, you might want to start throwing out suggestions now. Emma <laughs> <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> <Lizamo>. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Neil Patrick Harris could could like embody you. Neil Patrick Harris could embody anybody, really. It, he can embody me. He is anytime. so charming. I, I'd, be, I'd be okay with that, too. I'm comfortable yeah, enough on could... my Kinsey scale that, you know, that, that's <laughs> fine by me, guys. By the way... Sorry, fun... it's Captain Jack Harkness for me. It's, it's cool. I'm okay but... with that, too. I'm... <laughs> Go ahead, Marissa. Sorry, sorry. Marissa, I'm you were saying... Funny little anecdote about John Leguizamo. So, <laughs> my screenwriting professor owned a production company with him, and, you know, like, is best friends with him. Please tell me but... he didn't help make the pest. Please. <laughs> no. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> but she mentioned the Super Mario Brothers movie and said that she had never seen it. <gasps> and she was explaining that by saying that she had never seen him in a bad movie. And I said, first of all, <laughs> you need to watch that train wreck. Second of all, you need to watch the happening. <laughs> oh, so bad. No. Not to go too so far off the John Leguizamo bad. train here because we do need to wrap it up here, but he acted his ass off in Spawn. He was the only thing that tried to save that fucking movie. <laughs> you know what? He's tried, I to, tried to do so much. <laughs> I adored him in Moulin Rouge. I adored him in Moulin Rouge. Uh, and then I adored him it, as uh, Tybalt. In the Romeo and Juliet, oh, Baz yeah, Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, I like that one. Oh, he was so good. And his one-man shows are always fun to watch. I like oh, his, yeah. his, his one-man shows, especially uh, Super Freak. That was a fun one. So, My yeah, favorite, we were talking okay, Ken oh. Ham. Ken Ham, he says he's going to make a permanent <laughs> fixture. Sorry. And he says, we've decided to enhance the rainbow lights and make them a permanent feature during the uh, evenings at the Ark. Located south of Cincinnati, like we really needed to fucking know where it was. <laughs> we'll be working over the coming months to ensure this change is permanent. 
how hard is it to change the fucking light bulb? I mean, <laughs> it's all part of, quote, taking the rainbow back, unquote. We're taking it back. We're taking it back. <laughs> taking it back from what? The homo, the homo, the LGBTs, the you know, we can't possibly have any taking, of them. Just... Taking, taking it back from the sinners. No, hang on, you guys are getting Ray Comfort on. <laughs> Ken oh, sorry. Ham, Ken, wait, Ken Ham is like, well, he has to do, he has to have okay. like the, the Michael Caine Australian voice, you know, the. Well, <laughs> I'm having a hard time channeling Ken Ham. You know, Ben, I, that, that there's a book. That I've got this book. Oh, there you go. Got this book. We're taking See, it back. I've got a book. <laughs> Fucking ass. Okay, hold on. <laughs> now I'm trying to. Now I'm trying to think of how to do an Australian. Uh... You weren't no, just can... about to say that, were you? <laughs> no, I can't. Uh, an, Austra- yeah, right. an Australian Batman voice. Were you about to say <laughs> that? I think you were. Michael <laughs> <laughs> Australian Batman. Oi! Well, <laughs> well, Christian Bale is Australian, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy. that would have been goodbye. fun. You'll always be that little boy from uh, Empire of the Sun. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go swing kids, but that works too. Oh man, so, uh, you'll always be the guy from uh, oh fucking Newsies. There you Newsies. <laughs> oh, I fucking hate that movie. My wife loves it. I hate that. Now it's time to seize the day. Oh, God, I can't stand oh, it. No, no. Hi, this is Dan, Ryan, and Matt with the Godless Revolution podcast. We've had a lot of great guests on this show, such as Russell Glasser, Dan Errol, Brian Fields, David Silverman, Doug Mesner, aka Lucian Greaves, and Joey Kirkman, whom we love a lot. We've also had a lot of really cool local guests. And we're a podcast that likes to fight for the separation of church and state and against anti skepticism of all kinds. You should give us a listen because if you don't, you're going to be really sad. Make your ears happy. Listen to the Godless Revolution podcast. Joining us for the interview segment this week, we've got Marissa Alexa McCool. Do you uh, ever have a problem with Amazon Echo picking you up? Alexa. (laughs) Thankfully, probably not. So she uh, she is the host of the Inciting Incident podcast, which I'm sure many of us and our listeners are fans of. And if not, (laughs) you really need to get the fuck on that, people. Come on. (laughs) And she's also what? (laughs) I saw your download numbers. You you have easily a hundred times the listeners we do. So she's also the author of the PC Lie, How American Voters Decided I Don't Matter, as well as her newest book, False Start, which you can Oh, I love that piece. I loved that piece. I I didn't I didn't realize that was you, but I remember uh reading it and just like weeping, like what, what 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 which piece what did i do <laughs> the the uh the uh how voters decided i i read a blurb i read a blurb of how the voters decided oh. i didn't i don't matter cuz like i wrote a whole and book it just on like it. <laughs> yeah okay yeah Listen. i haven't read the book yet it's on my list of books i need to read but right now i'm focusing on french cooking because it doesn't depress me great essays from some prominent people that we all know of but anyway welcome to the show uh, how are the book sales going so far so congrats on and also congrats on finishing your jano book because Kyle's a NaNoWriMo guy every year, and I I want to, <laughs> but I can't <laughs> dedicate the time to fucking write. Yes, <laughs> I have I have I have failed to complete it every year. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, only by the most technical standards. Yep. So how how are the book sales going so far? Are they doing good? Uh, um, I don't get constant update on the numbers, but 
Um, I have managed to sell over 50 right out of my house. So, you know, I'll, uh, I'll put it up on PayPal and everything like, Hey, you want a signed copy of the book? Just email here and I'll send you an invoice. So I've managed to do more than 50 of that just out of my living room. That's awesome. And, um, I've gotten plenty of people who will take pictures and tag me when they get their book. And I know I haven't sent them to all of them. So that's been great. That's awesome. And, uh, my, uh, my school paper, the Daily Pennsylvanian, apparently heard about it because they, uh, uh, some lady from the newspaper sent me an email that said, hey, we're doing a piece about your book. Can I ask you some questions? And I'm like, you've heard of me? What the hell? Nice. <laughs> 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 That's fabulous. Yeah, no, we will we will have a link in the show notes for you guys to pick up the book if you mm-hmm. if you are so willing Absolutely. to do so and you really should because I I probably will purchase my copy this week after having her on the show. I have not read it yet. I'm going to. And especially if I can get a sign and be like, I had her on my show. I knew her win. That's gonna be great. <laughs> uh so if you could take a second to introduce yourself a little to the audience, I'm I'm sure there's oh so much to talk about that we can get to. So by uh, all means yeah. the floor is yours. Okay, so my name is Marissa Nicole. As you so eloquently introduced me, the superlatives in the other section were phenomenal, but (laughs) I am a 31-year-old, recently out trans woman. Uh, I go to the University of Pennsylvania, where I will graduate in a few months, which, if you're following along at home, means I'm about to graduate from the same school as the goddamn president, (laughs) but... (laughs) Oh, Fortunately, that has not come into play whatsoever during my time there. I didn't write a book about it or anything. Um, So I got introduced to Skeptic Podcasting about a year ago. Uh, My sister, we were driving to Lexington, Kentucky, where she lives, unfortunately. And (laughs) she was like, have you ever heard of the scathing atheist? And I said, no, I've never listened to podcasts. And by the end of that trip, I'm like... I have to know these people, not just as podcasters, <laughs> but as like, people, you know, the people. And now mm-hmm. I am totes uh, besties with Lucinda Illusions. So funny how things can go in a year. <laughs> but so right about a month and a half after I heard their show, I said, I can do this. So... <laughs> I started a podcast and somehow went from about 30 listeners to about 30,000. So I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you people, but you keep listening. <laughs> so I'll keep putting out material. Um, I need to but, come through and find the secret fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, because I sure as hell don't know what it is. <laughs> it's got to be but, an East Coast thing. You East Coasters are fucking winning it. <laughs> I think it's yes. the, probably the fact that we have Utah in the title. Everybody's like, oh, Utah, okay, so let's listen to that shit. <laughs> yeah, um, someone had to remind me that it was a state before I came on the show. So, you know, I'm all, I'm all caught up. <laughs> but yeah, the Mormons gave up their polygamy. That's how they got to have a state. <laughs> well, yep, shit, there go all my plans. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, polyandry okay. is they're, not they're allowed still, they're oh. still here they're just you know quiet about it every time every time i see a polygamist at the costco i just like want to run up to her and be like there is no god you don't have to do this um i'm totes polyamorous so just saying but um okay so i'm married to a trans man who is an adorable little guy named Aiden, and uh, you guys mistook him for somebody else, but he will be embarrassed as hell when I mention his name, so 
Hello, dear. Um, <laughs> most, uh, I, I pretty much grew up knowing that I was different, but uh, Felicia, as you were describing earlier, we didn't learn about shit in health class. So for the longest, no. So for the longest time, I thought I was a drag queen because that was all that I knew of beyond gay and straight. And I first started to come out when I was about 26, 27, um, I had always, well, pretty much always had long hair. Girls put makeup mm -hmm. on me in high school all the time. Like, I was always super feminine, related to they girls. Treated you, they almost treated you as one of their own, right? They, they, they saw you as a female almost. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, they could spot you as a female. <laughs> yeah. Most of the girls that I hung out with in high school... Uh, they were considered one of the guys and then considered me one of the girls. So, That's you know, yeah, so I had that dynamic going on, but I didn't have access to the information to know that, hey, it's beyond just this dynamic you've got going on. Mm. So, so, I'm sorry, I just want to cut in. I've actually been accused of being more masculine than other women. Like, I... I'm boisterous and I assert my opinion. I, I don't let men talk over me. Um, Except me. I, and <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That's for the sake of the Sorry. podcast. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's one of those things like, yeah, I've, I've been called one of the boys, females, and it always confused me. And so it's, it's kind of funny, like as somebody who was born female and, and identifies as female and, and 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 loves being female it's interesting that as somebody who was not born female but has always been female or uh, and has always been a woman uh that you were caught that you gravitated to the women who were one of the boys yeah it's kind of interesting um, i've always been attracted to pretty much what you just described so hey uh what are you doing after the podcast um so <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we we are like, traveling in 2018 to a convention. We'll have to hook all hook up. That would be great. Um, uh, yeah, would be absolutely um, delightful. Right now, I'm traveling the goddamn country. So if I got to come to Utah to hang out with you guys, I am more than willing to do that. Yeah. But um, we would love it. We would adore it. Yay! So I got to put that on the list now. Great. First two rounds I'm, are on me. <laughs> uh, that's all it'll take. Salt Lake, Salt Lake is beautiful salt lake is a beautiful city yeah and, and also it's terribly easy to navigate like it's it's in a grid it makes perfect sense it's delightful <laughs> we, we also do need, to, do need to point out and we point this out everybody that listens already knows this but utah is one of the best states for pride we are one of oh the, yeah salt yeah lake come for one of the most we got exclusive. a hell of a pride here yeah yeah come out come out for pride that'll be fun pride is amazing it's a great week it really is Sounds like a plan. Yeah, um, we have the atheist booth. You guys, man, or no, Kyle will be we manning do. it this year. Yeah, I will. I will be manning it this year. <laughs> It'll be fun. I'll get to yell at people. All sorts of people. So when I was about yeah, eight, go. <laughs> it's okay. When I was about eighteen, um, I was hanging out with this girl who had a, a an ex boyfriend who just didn't get it, and saying that she had a boyfriend didn't work. So she said. Uh, Alex, that, that, that used to be my name. Would you mind pretending to be my girlfriend, Marissa? And I said, 
fuck yes that sounds amazing so you don't have to ask me twice <laughs> yeah exactly so uh just for the visual i was a few inches shorter and about 130 pounds at the time so um unlike now i actually like really passed but uh they took me to the store they got me all dressed like we went to this cafe that i ended up working at a few years later ironically <laughs> but um you know, we we kissed just to sort of sell the illusion, and it it was you know Bush era conservatism, so that was a big deal. Ooh. And then um, like everybody heard that story and said, "Oh my God, you need to do that everywhere because I have to see it." <laughs> so all my friends started taking me out as Marissa. They were treating it as a joke, and my mindset was, if this is how I can express myself and this is how I how they'll accept it, well, it's better than being beaten up every day like high school. So, you know, I just kind of went with it. Like, my friends would take me to Walmart in the middle of the night, and we'd get into fake arguments just to see if we could get the staff to watch us. Or... <laughs> Guilty. I went... Yeah. <laughs> I went to an anime convention in Baltimore called Otakon, and uh, I I was all dressed up, and I have a friend named. What were you cosplaying? (laughs) Um, I'm a I'm a (laughs) weeaboo. I don't remember, but the the this night we're talking about, I was just Marissa. But they, I have this friend named Spiker who pulled off a. Dead on, uh, is it Spike from Spike Cowboy, Bebop? From Cowboy Bebop? Yeah, yep. yeah. So he was oh, kind of a man. It's okay, more. so uh, nope, never mind. It's unimportant. <laughs> <All right>. okay. <laughs> so my friend named Spiker was playing Spike, and he was a man horse. So um, <laughs> my friend said, "Go hang out over there. I have an idea," and they built this guy up for three hours saying there's this really tall model chick who wants to meet you and they brought him up from behind and he i turned around he screamed i grabbed him took a picture and it has lived in infamy ever since (laughs) so that you know the first time i was really out publicly was in front of twenty thousand otaku wow and so, I, like I said, I first started coming out when I was about 26, 27, and I started wearing makeup more. I started being more open. I created my Marissa Facebook. I was kind of in transition, so to speak, coming out to people, mm-hmm. letting them know who I was. And then I was sexually assaulted. So, oh, no. oh my God, no. Twice in a week, um, I had found a space that I thought was safe. Or as Republicans would call it, a weak liberal. But um, <laughs> I, I was essentially roofied at the karaoke bar that I went to. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. Oh God, no. And then a week later, a woman that would not understand the word no took advantage of me, and it it was a bad story. I wrote about it in the book. That's all I'll say about it. But it just kind of uh, numbed me and made me regress back into this shell because it's like. This was summer 2014, and I was thinking, you know, Obama's president, gay marriage is going to become legal, but I will never be accepted. So I just kind of 
buried it back in, cut my hair, did anything I could to completely distance myself from it. And I just slowly started coming back. I, you know, one step at a time. And Aiden was the biggest rock of support that I could have ever hoped for. That's awesome. And, you know, I just started adding back one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Going out one place, uh, going out walking in girls' pants, uh, going out mm-hmm. to a place where, you know, going for a ride in the car, presenting. And, you know, the second time around, I said, I'm doing it at my own pace this time, because last time I felt so much pressure to to push myself, to come out quickly, to to just, you know, expose myself to the world. And I think that also made me vulnerable. So I, I took my own time at it and just very slowly started telling people very slowly, uh, you know, people in my life started knowing me as Marissa. And then about a month before the election at my school, there was this hate pastor. And I've told this story a hundred times, but long story short, um, I yelled in his face, I'm transgender, fuck you. And yeah. from from that point on, it just snowballed. And when uh, Cheeto Hitler was elected, I was just <laughs> in this state of I don't I don't I don't want to say fear, uh, maybe anxiety is the right word. Yeah. And I was sitting in class with um, my professor, Marion Kant, who is absolutely fucking amazing. And she, uh, she's, you know, German and just has that ability to connect. Uh, you know, she's very familiar with the Nazi regime and the parallels to what's going on. And I just started typing all these words. And, it, you know, the first words were, fuck you. And I, yeah, I'm typing in class while participating in the conversation. And then I looked down and was like, oh, shit, this is 30 pages. <laughs> like, I can't publish this as a blog. But um, I was talking to my lawyer, Andrew Torres, and I was like, hey, um, if I wrote a book about post-election stuff where i told trump voters to go fuck themselves do you think like you could write something for it and he's like yeah totally (laughs) so (laughs) so and andrew's not only my lawyer but he's kind of my business manager and he said just send it to me as you go along i will keep my eye out i will get you any opportunities that i can and then i then i emailed chris cluey who i had had on the show election night so if you go to listen to inciting incident episode 67 you can hear me and several other people including chris cluey get progressively more depressed over the interview and it is really hard to be depressed with someone that hot talking to you and who had (laughs) had the name of a book with the word sparkle ponies in it so if you want to hear you want to hear a trans woman and two of my co-hosts and a Northern California boy who is the most gorgeous person I've ever seen, not named Greg Sestero. Like, it's worth a listen. But um, speaking of that, Greg Sestero's from The Room. He played Mark. I met him in person. I know and- him. I know him. I, I, I know of him. I, I love like, the room. Mark. I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, hi, 
Mark? Yeah, that Mark. Would you um, like to throw this ball? So, uh, <laughs> uh, little side story before I finish that story, but I met Greg Sestero. I went to see a Q&A with him, and he was hanging out in the first row. We were the first ones in, and I was dressed as Johnny, and he had a... <laughs> Yes. He had a, uh, a, a beanie on, and I didn't know it was him, and he just turned around and said, oh, hi, it's nice to meet you. And I'm like, hi, <laughs> I'll do anything. <laughs> now, it's funny, you, you, bring up the, uh, you bring up the election thing, and that just made me re- remember that, you know how everybody's like, where were you when JFK happened? Where were you when 9-11 happened? Another one is, where were you when Trump won the presidency? And I, my, I said- ass, my ass was at work. <laughs> <laughs> and I was watching Tom and Cecil's live stream of everything that was going on as it was devolving as it went on. And they're like, well, fuck, we can't stop now. We got to keep going. <laughs> it's like, I, the realization. I, uh, You're like, I took my very, very drunk friend home, my, my, my very, very gay, very, very drunk friend home. And he went, he, 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 he was so drunk that he, he didn't realize he was home. For a minute, and then, I've, I've and then he went. Guy. He's like, "This isn't happening, is it? This isn't real, is it, guys?" And we're like, "Yeah, it is, man. Go to bed." He did not. He kept drinking and invited several guys over. Apparently, um, and then I visited him the next day, and he was still like not okay. Yeah. Uh, he's not. He's and um, and then I went home with, and my boyfriend came with me, and um. I saw my roommate and his girlfriend, and she was crying, and I'd been crying, and then we drank more whiskey together, all of us, and and I cried, and she cried, and my roommate threw empty beer cans, my boyfriend just sat there, and then I cried, and then we went to bed, and my boyfriend held me all night. For, yeah. for those that want to get the real reaction, we actually posted videos, me and Felicia both, of you know our, our post-election reaction to that whole thing. So anyway, yeah. we're going to get back to Marissa here. Uh, if you're yeah. only talking about it, how has your last year last year of transition been? I mean, well, it's got to be interesting to say the least. I'm, I'm saying this is a cis-het guy, or mostly, <laughs> um, guy that's like, that's interesting. You know, like, how, how neat. <laughs> I, well, I hate to be that way, but I can't. Be- be- before I answer that question, you want to yeah. hear something cool since you're fans of Cognus? Yeah. Yes, of course. Check this out. Recording live from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, <laughs> this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome, Matt. This is episode Go Fuck Yourself of Cognitive Dissonance. (laughs) (laughs) Spot fucking on. (laughs) All right. Very nice. So I am very blessed to go to a school that has full trans-inclusive student health care oh thank you and you know i i i spent so much time in denial but finally last july i went and spoke to one of the doctors who specializes in this and at first i was still convinced that i just wanted to feminize and not fully transition so so he put me on estrogen but didn't put me on t-blockers or anything yeah Mm -hmm. and 
I've I've described it this way multiple times, but the first time I took estrogen, it was like the wires in my brain started connecting the right way. It was transcendental. Wow. And I did that for a couple of months. And, you know, I started developing breasts. I started becoming more confident. And then uh, it was Halloween. So right before the election, I said, this is the perfect time to do a test run. Like I can completely dress up and the chances of someone giving me a problem are far smaller than they normally would be. So it was the same class too, uh, the same class with Marion Kant, English 135 at University of Pennsylvania. <laughs> and I walked in, nobody gave me a problem, but they were like, well, this is different. And, <laughs> you know, I, I undersold it like, yeah, it's Halloween, whatever. You know, what are you dressed as? I'm dressed as me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and then the election happened. And besides writing that rant that eventually became chapter one of the book, I just had this motivation, this inspiration, the, this drive to not only speak out, but to acknowledge the fact that I'm one of the exceptions. I'm one of the lucky ones. Yeah. I have thousands of people who are there for me on a daily basis, who reach out to me, who, you know, uh, validate my existence and my identity. And it really, it, it, it hit that point where I was like, I need to stick up for the people who were like me 10 years ago. I need to be there for them and answer the questions that would make them uncomfortable. And mm -hmm. it's not that I speak for them, but there's so many questions that people don't realize are inappropriate that I thought if I can both answer their curiosity and answer their question because it doesn't make me that uncomfortable anymore, then I can make it easier for other people. And I can also let them know that they're not alone. And someone who is a visibly queer person like me can still go to one of the top universities in the country and graduate and be accepted. Because I went, like, there, there's a form you can fill out on Penn's website that says, you know, to change your name, go here. And I went to the LGBT center to, to confirm this. Yeah. And they said, so the only people who are allowed to change their names are transgender people. So I have to ask you this question as I'm sitting there in a dress and full makeup and fabulous boots. <laughs> are you transgender? Yes. Okay, we're done. <laughs> That's how easy it was. So I always give this advice to people who ask how they can be activists. Be the person that you needed at your lowest and didn't have. So for me, it was absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it was, you know, when I was dealing with a gender identity that I didn't yet understand and I needed someone who was already there to sort of help me through it to to explain things to me to 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 tell me that I am valid. So whenever I get an autograph request or something like that from somebody who says, you know, I want to give your book to my daughter who does X or who is having a hard time, 
I will always write in there, you are valid, you are loved, and I will always have your back because I know what a difference those words can make, even mm-hmm. if it's from some name on a book from someone in fuck off Pennsylvania. So, <laughs> you know, as a, a cis female, as a cis woman, um, I th- think that it's our job as cis to say, yeah, they're women. They're, they're among our sisters. They're part of us. And they live with the discrimination and more discrimination than we live with. But they live with the discrimination we live with every day. The judgments and, and the disregarding of their voice. Um, yeah, no, I... Uh, and the very fact... I see you're... my trans sisters as somebody... Go ahead. I was going to say that I'm not going to say it's something that you chose because it's what you've always been, but to right. give up the privilege that comes with being y- me and Kyle, <laughs> that, <laughs> that, you know, that, that for a lot of those people that like to think that, you know, oh, being gay is a choice, being trans is a choice and everything like that. <laughs> why? Well, it's so, why yeah, would anybody choose at all. to put themselves <laughs> into that kind of peril? And... <laughs> Especially yeah. with, with, with trans women. That, I mean, not just trans women. I don't want to marginalize anybody here, but trans and gender, I mean, not gender, in general, <laughs> fuck, God damn it, uh, are, are putting themselves at dangerous high fucking risk. I mean, the suicide rate mm-hmm. alone is, is staggering, you know? And so I, I just really have to fucking applaud you. It's, it's amazing. We're, I'm glad to have you on the show. We do need to move on to, oh. um, a couple more questions. Sure. So, anyway, I, welcome, welcome fully to the sisterhood. You are always one of my, one of us, but oh, thank it's you. nice to have you in our ranks now. Much so, appreciated. Uh, we have a couple of lightning round questions we like to ask everybody we have on the interview. Sorry to be that podcast host. Sorry. Uh, oh, good job. I know. It's I'm, fascinating story. Go I read the book. It. Go read the book. <laughs> Buy the book. I, Buy I, the I book. Would, read the book. I'd have you on for hours and hours, but you're on East oh Coast God, and it's it already 2 a.m. So <laughs> Yeah, and you can tell I'm totally resenting the shit out of it. <laughs> so, lightning round questions. We Sorry, can tell. Everybody. We have to ask Your these, sister. everybody. We, we do know you have never been to our fair state. We, I believe we answered that one already. So, here's mm-hmm. the other one we like to ask. Atheist all your life or later in life? I mean, ask atheist all life or later on. So. Uh, most, um, my mom stopped taking me to church when I was six and it was never a part of my life, except there were two times that I tried for the sake of a girlfriend and, you know, (laughs) that'll do it. (laughs) Yeah. And I realized pretty quickly each time that I was trying to convince myself to believe these things rather than actually believing them. So, uh, you know, I, I would say 99% all my life. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Favorite booze slash beer. Uh, favorite booze is Dr. McGillicuddy's Menthol Mint, which Ooh. I had uh, three rounds of shots with with my bestie Lucinda Illusions last weekend. And no illusions looked at me and said, just remember, she's a 70 pound girl. And I said, <laughs> Just remember, I'm on Spyro and Estrogen, so it completely balances it out. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> that's my favorite uh, booze. My favorite beer is a Pennsylvania beer 
called Victory Storm King. Uh, Victory is a brewing company out of Downingtown, Pennsylvania. That's about halfway between mm-hmm. here and Philly. And Storm King is a dark, dark stout. It's like Guinness, mm. except amazing. So it's it's, it's delicious. That. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's delicious. Thank you for reminding me of that and that I can't get it. Yeah, the last time I'm a, last time I had it, uh, when, I, when I met up with Andrew Torres to interview him for our show, he brought me a pack of it. And if you I had him on for two straight episodes and you can listen to me get progressively more drunk as I interview <laughs> Andrew Torres. <laughs> Uh, Kyle, this just cements to me that we, whenever we travel east to do a to uh-huh. do a live show somewhere, or at least to show up at a convention, we need to bring a whole trunk of Outer Darkness. <laughs> oh, we need to spread the word of Squad. Oh, there's, there's several. There's several of those Utah that we need to bring. Oh my yes. yeah. uh-huh. the Big, Big Bad, Bad Baptist South. <laughs> oh, I love the Big Bad Baptist South. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, for, for those might be that might want to check this out, we do talk a lot of beer, not just on the show. Uh, let's see, the the guys at Waiting for Wrath do a lot of beer stuff, but we also have a Facebook mm-hmm. group specifically to talk about beers called Godless Beer Aficionados. Go find that one on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's see, what else, what else do we have here? We have how, how about the most tooth grinding thing that people of faith do? That talk about their talk, <laughs> talk about their God who loves everybody, and then tell me that I'm going to burn in hell for being a trans person. <laughs> and the the very last, he loves you. The very mm-hmm. last one that I have here for our he's burning you with love. This love burns, writing crops. No, uh, <laughs> your honest opinion. <laughs> he's ab- not that fun <laughs> about the LDS Church. Do you know much about the Mormons? I do because there's been. I've actually started a podcast with my friend who I'll call Molly Unmormon. <laughs> oh, and you know about Molly Mormons. Yay. <laughs> yes, yes. Um I have found most Mormons I met personally to be very friendly people, but just Only- knowing what what I do about Mormonism, it's completely fucking batshit. <laughs> and I feel terrible for anyone who is born into that and doesn't get themselves yeah, out of it. Okay, like so yeah. <laughs> out of the state, out of the state, um, Mormons who grew up out of Utah, I have actually had wonderful relationships <laughs> with. Um, they've been delightful in accepting people who uh, keep their beliefs to themselves and say, this is just my life. Um yeah, in state Mormons, <laughs> yeah, in state Mormons. It's otherwise, the Mormons, yep. uh, they are wonderfully nice to you, and they make you feel accepted until you won't convert, or until mm-hmm. you turn your back, and then they judge the fuck out of you, and <laughs> they will rake you through the fucking coals socially. They will turn you into a pariah, honey. I have been called a slut since before I had my first kiss. <laughs> So that so. makes two of us. Got it. It's like porn <laughs> shoulders, it. Felicia. It's the porn shoulders. That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. <gasps> How oh. dare you? That's pornography in Utah. <laughs> it's the sex bruises, baby. It's the sex bruises. Yeah. They're on my legs. They're on my legs. Um, although, Marissa, you don't know this. Before we did YouTube, um, because we, we put on YouTube, <laughs> I used to record the show topless. Yep. Uh, because. <laughs> I don't like wearing clothes. It wasn't until I had to start putting blurred things out. I'm like, nope, sorry, can't do that. <laughs> He's like, this is too much work for me. I'm like, fine, I'll cover my <laughs> evil nipples. Like if it was just the puck, their nipples easy. are still fine. Their uh, nipples I'm, are still fine. I'm mm-hmm. Way too bundled to make the typical joke tonight, <clears> so I'm, <laughs> I can't do it. Well, I, I gotta. I don't, what's that? I don't know if your nipples would be 
I mean, you're a female, you're a woman, yes, and therefore your nipples would be breasts, but society doesn't know how to handle transitioning women. <laughs> yeah. So they would either be appropriate or inappropriate, and they'd have to gender me correctly. Hmm. <laughs> Fucking double standards. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, so thanks, thanks for joining us for the interview. We are going to have to call it quits here in a second. Uh, so thank you for coming out. I, I hopefully we'll get you again in the future. It's been a fucking blast. I've loved having you on this episode. Uh, I am but, willing to come on anytime. Yeah. Oh, Marissa, we will have you back. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> okay, well, that does it for this week's current events. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next episode coming on Wednesday, which will be our features portion of the show. However, before we completely wrap up for this section of the show, I wanted to thank all the amazing patrons who support us each and every week. So many thanks go to our sustaining patrons, Dan Ellis, Luis Cruz, Jeff Linville, and Mike Bowman for all the help and love that they shared with us. But a larger, larger spoonful of gratitude goes to our highest donating patron, Danny Lopez. If you too wish to support the show and, and the work that we do each week, make sure you go to patreon.com slash Outcasts. Money isn't the only way to get a shout-out, but it sure helps. However, if you don't have the budget, a quick five-star review or subscribe on whatever app you catch us on really helps a ton, and we'll make sure to get you your due praise. So a final thanks to Felicia and Kyle for joining me this week, and an extra special thank you goes to Marissa for being our awesome interview. But we'll catch you on Wednesday, and remember, you're welcome.
15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.